This is the 12th edition of TNA Impact Wrestling Analysis. My name is Levi D. Smith and I'm coming to you from the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Hello everyone, so it's been a while since I did one of these Impact Wrestling podcasts. I think the last one was around October of last year and yeah it just became to be almost like a job doing a podcast every week I mean it it would take me about three hours or so after impact went off the air uh, to record it and then to do all the editing and putting all the sound effects and all the bumper music and 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 making all the segments and all that so yeah, i just got out of doing it for a while and uh, I, I didn't have much to talk about lately and and when i was doing the podcast it wasn't long after i started then like all these other impact wrestling podcasts started popping up so I was like, well, if everybody else is doing one, I don't need to do one as well. Uh, I remember like a couple of years ago, there used to be an official TNA Impact Wrestling podcast, which I really enjoyed listening to. But uh, after that one went off the air, there really wasn't any other Impact Wrestling podcast. So I was like, hey, I'm going to start one. And then like not long after, I think uh, the Impact Wrestling website, they had a kid like doing Impact reviews. And there's other like people doing reviews. And at the end of the podcast, when I was doing mine, there at the end, I started just like reviewing Impact. And I can't stand doing reviews. I mean, if I have something interesting to say or some insight into the program, things that I think would make it better or just something interesting, I like talking about that. I I can't stand just like reviewing the matches. It just bores the heck out of me. So um, I'm going to try to start doing these again. I probably won't do it every week. Hopefully maybe like once a month or so just to give my thoughts on the program and ways I think the program could be made better and things like that. So anyway, yeah, it's been quite a while, uh, over half a year. And uh, when I stopped last October, I actually went over to Japan to go see Bound for Glory. So I don't think I've talked about Bound for Glory since I uh, did the last podcast. So it was a really great trip. It's very long plane flight over there. I think it's like 12 hours flying over there. Then coming back uh, is a little bit faster, like 10 hours or so. But yeah, I flew from uh, Atlanta, drove down to Atlanta, uh, and uh, stayed all night there, then flew over to L.A., waited around in L.A. for a few hours, then flew over to Japan. It's my first time ever going overseas before, and uh, it was really hard for me to sleep on the plane, really cramped seats. On the way back, I did pay for the upgrade. It was like 100 bucks or 150 bucks to get like an extra foot of, uh, of leg space, but I think that it was well worth it because – being in a cramped space for 12 hours, 10 hours, it it's just not very fun at all. I remember I was like dozing off and then I'd fall asleep for, I don't know, a few minutes and wake right back up. So I was like completely exhausted when I got to Japan. But uh, And yeah, I got into Haneda Airport. It was like 11 p.m. or so. It took me forever to get through customs. And then I rode the t- Tokyo monorail up to, uh, I think it was Hamamasucho and... Then I was trying to get on the train that, uh, I forgot where the connecting train was, but apparently uh, the trains in Tokyo stop running at midnight or right around midnight. So unfortunately, I didn't get the train over to Kodansha where I was staying. Kodansha is just south of the Tokyo Dome and also Kurokuro. 
Corcoon Hall. Uh, it's within walking distance. So, yeah, I end up getting to my hotel room. Actually, I rode a train up to Akihabara. That was like one of the last trains uh, running that night. And uh, then I met one guy. He was very helpful. I think his name was Ken, and uh, he knew a little bit of English, and I knew a little bit of Japanese. So he's able to help me, point me in the right direction to go to a place where I could catch a taxi, and got in the taxi, and they they took me close to where I was staying, and you know then got in the hotel room. I don't know. It was like two a.m. in the morning, but got checked in. I mean, it's pretty easy. I knew how to say yo yakugarimasu, which means I have a reservation, and it's pretty easy getting checked in and everything. Stayed four nights in Japan. Sunday night, I went to Bound for Glory. It's a pretty cool wrestling show. I really appreciate uh, Steve out there on the wrestling forums. He, he's able to get me a ticket, so I met him before the match, and uh, I was able to get a ticket from him, and had really great seats. I was on the, forget if it was the south side, or is on the left side of the uh, entryway, had second row seats there, but unfortunately I was on the same side as the hard camera, so you really couldn't see me, but there at the beginning you can see me holding up my sign that says I flew 7,000 miles to see Bound for Glory, so it's pretty cool. I enjoyed the pay-per-view, I mean it didn't have like a lot of, I don't know, it wasn't a typical pay-per-view, it was more like the stars of the United States going up against the stars of Japan in Russell 1, and I thought it was a really fun show. It was great seeing a wrestling show uh, in a different country. So, yeah, and it was also interesting. A couple nights later, I was just, like, walking around Tokyo Dome area, and I bumped into AJ Styles right there on the street. I couldn't believe it and talked with him for a minute. Unfortunately, my uh, battery on my uh, tablet was uh, almost dead, so I left it in the uh, hotel room to charge. So I didn't get my picture taken with him. I was so disappointed, but still cool meeting AJ Styles. I met him like in Rome, Georgia, I believe, or maybe it was Dalton before one of the TNA house shows. And he signed my copy of the uh, PWI 500, the one where he was on the front cover. So I still have that here as part of my wrestling memorabilia there. So yeah, I always keep that one right there. But yeah, I had a great time in Tokyo. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the New Japan Pro Wrestling Show balls over there. Um, I think they were sold out of tickets. So I just hung around Tokyo for a little while. Really enjoyed Akihabara, hanging out there with all the electronics and game stores and all that that they have over there. So yeah, and since last time that I've done a podcast, I also attended my first ever uh impact wrestling tapings at the the impact zone itself in orlando so that was a really interesting experience there uh getting to actually go to the impact zone for the first time and i think those shows aired like in late march and through april and you can see me down there i took my towel i was trying to be the towel guy there so i was always twirling the towel there whenever something exciting happened in the ring so yeah i'd always wanted to go to the impact zone never like actually made the trip driving all the way down to Orlando. It takes me from Knoxville about 10 hours to drive down there. So it's a pretty lengthy trip down there, but I like it when they have like four or five shows in one 
taping four or five nights of tapings that way i can go down there and like watch wrestling for four nights in a row uh and make make a whole trip out of it so yeah i really enjoyed that met, met a couple of great wrestling fans and one guy's name was dion he, he came all the way from australia to see impact wrestling at the impact zone well he also came to see wrestlemania as well so he came over to the states and uh had a whole trip of just wrestling and another guy he was from philadelphia and uh yeah just had a great time at the impact zone a lot of great fans out there and everything uh so lately there's been a lot of negativity about impact wrestling i know we've had a lot of people a lot of wrestlers and talent leaving the company and the way i see it if you go out to the impact wrestling roster page they got 40 people or so on the impact wrestling roster right now i mean they have enough people for two shows so with that many people on the roster you've got to expect some people are going to come and go i mean you just can't keep that many people all on the roster at the same time so i think austin aries is gone i mean he's a great wrestler i've never been really that entertained by him i mean he's had some good segments but yeah i think he's just he's just been with impact for a while now so i think it's time for him to go and try new things and uh and the other big thing that people have been talking about is this whole hernandez situation so hernandez returned to impact wrestling uh, a couple of weeks ago and he had previously been wrestling for lucha underground which is a part of triple a i think they use use triple a talents on their show so apparently hernandez wasn't clear to uh wrestle for impact wrestling because there for a few weeks you could turn on impact wrestling you could see hernandez he's a part of the beatdown clan you could see him on impact wrestling then like an hour later you can watch the lucha underground replay on the el rey network and you can see him there wrestling on lucha underground so apparently it's a big big misunderstanding see a lot of people on the internet like assigning blame like to either hernandez for not letting tna know that he wasn't eligible to wrestle for the program or assigning blame to impact wrestling for not checking to see if he was available i don't know what happened some people out there act like they know what's going on behind the scenes and everything it just sounds like a big misunderstanding to me so unfortunately it looks like for the next week or two or so they're going to have to edit out all footage of hernandez on impact wrestling like this week uh, apparently there was a uh, segment with the beatdown clan so they had to remove that and they just showed highlights of the match between magnus and james storm in his play so from what i understand the new tapings are going to start at the end of July. So I think we only have a couple more weeks where they'll have to do this editing. And then we should be back to business as usual. I don't know if Hernandez will ever come back after this ex- exclusivity deal with Lucha Underground runs out. Who knows? So the big mystery for this episode of Impact Wrestling was Dixie came back last week and announced that there would be a new authority figure in TNA Wrestling. And I went ahead and looked. Usually I don't read spoilers, but I just went on Twitter and it was fairly obvious by the responses uh, on Twitter that Bully Ray was going to be the new authority figure of Impact Wrestling. So I was like, oh man, I mean... 
I remember the last time he left, he kind of, I think he badmouthed the company, TNA, a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a direct shot, but he was saying, oh, well, you can't run a wrestling company without a general or the army without a general or something like that uh, uh, is a recipe for failure or something like that. So it was kind of an indirect shot against TNA. Since then, he went and he was in the Royal Rumble briefly and apparently he was trying to get back with wwe i don't know if they turned him down or what i know it bound for glory which you may not have seen on television he called out the bullet club uh, after the show was over so i don't know if he's trying to get a deal with new japan pro wrestling but for whatever reason he's back in impact wrestling now apparently he has a thing with velvet sky so maybe they brought him back just to get velvet back because i know velvet sky is very popular i know a lot of people criticize her wrestling ability but i've been to probably 30 impact wrestling house shows and velvet sky has always had the longest lines of anybody out there waiting to like get autographs or whatever so i think she's definitely an asset to the company and uh however they can use her so i was a little bit down about bully ray being the new authority figure it's like oh we've already done this authority figure thing a million times before it's kind of played out and everything but i've got to say i mean he is a good talker and I liked how they brought him in. It was like Dixie came back and she kind of repented for everything that she did. Uh, she said she didn't recognize who she was before. She didn't know that person. So she apologized to the fans and everything. So Dixie's a face again. And one thing I got to say, I really like that face turn. I mean, typically somebody goes away for a year as a heel. Then all of a sudden, they'll come back and save somebody in the ring. It's like, oh, now they're a face again. We're supposed to cheer this guy for no reason at all, aside from them saving somebody in the ring. So I was like, liked it how Dixie kind of uh, told us the story of why she saw the errors of her ways and now that she's a face again. So now she's actually at odds with EC3. EC3, Ethan Carter III, became the new TNA heavyweight champion, I think, two weeks ago. And I've posted my feelings about this. I think they they, they pulled the trigger a little bit early on making EC3 champion. I mean, I know everybody on the internet is like, woo, EC3's champion now, things are so great, but... It's like, where did they go from here? I mean, I think they really needed to build up for a few more months uh, EC3 as a legitimate threat to the world championship. Now, on this week's episode of Impact Wrestling, Kurt Angle said that he's going to have, I believe it was neck surgery, had some sort of tumor in his neck or something like that. So maybe they had to get the title off of Kurt Angle, and I guess EC3 is the most deserving at this time. So I guess there's nothing much they can do about that. But uh, now that EC3 is champion, they really don't have a great face to go up against him as a challenger. I think Jeff Hardy would be perfect for this right now. But unfortunately, he's injured. He's going to be he had the motorcycle or dirt bike accident, so he's going to be out for a little bit longer. Uh, I'm I've always said I think Robbie E versus ETH C3 is a money match. I mean, 
They just have that look and that, that people would pay money to see these two guys going up against each other. Unfortunately, right now, Robbie E. is kind of stuck in this feud with Jesse. They broke up the bromance a few weeks ago, and we saw Robbie E. come out and beat Jesse like three times in a row in like less than five minutes. Then they're having another match and another match and another match. It's like, okay, we've already seen Robbie E., and Jesse go up against each other. It's time to move on from that feud. So I think if they they used uh, Robbie E. correctly, I think he could be a big face for the company. They just need to build him up a little bit more. Uh, definitely with his exposure that he got on The Amazing Race, I think uh, he's well on his way to becoming a household name if they just build him up correctly. And while I'm talking about the Amazing Race on this week's Impact Wrestling, and amazingly enough, it wasn't spoiled for me, but Brooke, she became the new Knockouts champion, beating uh, Taryn Terrell, uh, who had been champion, I think like 267 days, almost a year, like one of the longest reigning, if not the longest reigning Knockouts champion. Uh, she became the new Knockouts champion. So I'm very happy for Brooke. I mean, I think she's well-deserving. I think this is her second or third reign. But, I mean, for all the exposure she got for Impact Wrestling on The Amazing Race, I'm glad to see that she's uh, rewarded as the new Knockouts champion. Now, there are some people that complain about her wrestling ability. There's, like, a complaint about a botch at the end. I mean, it's kind of hard to retape the ending of a match, and it really wasn't that bad. I mean, things like that are going to happen. But, yeah, I was really happy for Brooke. I'm really liking how they repackaged Gail Kim as well. Gail Kim came out, and uh, it's like the lights went out, and she kind of popped up and had a hood on. Kind of reminded me like of a Mortal Kombat character with superpowers that can control the lights and things like that. So she came out and attacked the dollhouse and uh, aided. Well, she didn't get involved in the match, but she prevented the outside interference from the rest of the dollhouse, which gave Brooke the win for the knockouts title. So very happy for Brooke. And one other segment I really enjoyed on the show was the sit-down interview that Mike Tanay had with Mr. Anderson. So Mr. Anderson had gotten beat and bloodied with his own microphone by Bram. So I think they're setting up a nice feud between Mr. Anderson and Bram. I really like how Mr. Anderson is taking like the veteran role. He's putting other younger stars over. He doesn't care. He's not that concerned if he's getting beaten. Like he said in the interview, he said he thought he's he's had a great career. So I think this could be a really interesting feud between Anderson and Bram. Anderson said, well, if Bram is a very dark and demented individual, and he can go to that area as well. So I'm really looking forward to that feud between those two. And so the show ended with a World Heavyweight Championship match between uh, Galloway, Drew Galloway, and EC3. So at the beginning of the show, there was a 20-man gauntlet, and whoever won that match got to go on to face EC3 for his championship at the end of the show. And I really wasn't expecting whoever won that Battle Royal to win 
or I didn't expect him to actually win the championship from EC3 because he just became champion. I don't see them like giving EC3 a short championship reign. So, of course, at the end, I mean, you can tell if you've watched wrestling before, uh, another member of the former Rising. So Eli Drake came out before the match and. He confronted Drew Galloway and saying, oh, yeah, I'll be there for you and all sugary and all that. And it's like, okay, you can kind of tell. I didn't read the spoilers, but I could kind of tell he's going to come out and turn on Drew Galloway. So sure enough, at the end of the match, uh, he gets behind Drew Galloway and hits him with a crutch. And he shows that, well, he wasn't injured at all. Or if he was injured, then he's recovered from his injury. So it looks like they're going to set up a feud between Drew Galloway and uh, Eli Drake. So I don't know what I think about that feud. I mean, both guys are pretty new in TNA. Uh, I can't really get behind Drew Galloway as a face. I think he would be better as a heel. I think if the roles were reversed with Eli Drake as a face... I may enjoy that feud a little bit more, but I don't know. I'll just have to watch and see how it turns out. So, of course, EC3, he retains his championship, which is is fine to me. It looks like they're going to build sort of a rivalry between EC3 and Bully Ray. Now, the one thing I did like about Bully Ray coming in as an authority figure is that he, he actually dressed a part. I mean, he actually looked halfway decent. He didn't come out and wear his like old ratty hardcore 5150 t-shirt. I mean, he actually looked presentable like he could be an authority figure. So I don't know if Bully Ray is just going to feed EC3 different challengers to go up against him. Uh, I really don't want to see Bully Ray uh, in the ring again. I hope they don't do that. But uh, anyway, next week on Impact Wrestling, I'm really looking forward to the announcement of who's going to be inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. I have a pretty good idea. (laughs) Dixie even made a mention of who it will probably be on Twitter. So uh, really excited for that individual. I think he's very deserving to be in the TNA Hall of Fame. And yeah, that's about all I have to talk about this week. Like I said before, I'm just going to do these in one shot because uh, I hate editing podcasts. I know there could be pod, there's probably podcast software out there that you can use to maybe edit in your segments and all that. But I really liked some of the segments that I did on the old podcast, like this week in Impact Wrestling History. I'm not going to talk about ratings anymore. I mean, once they moved from Spike TV uh, to Destination America, they saw their viewership drop in about half of the level it was before. And that's understanding because Destination is a on most systems, a paid channel that you got to pay a little bit extra for. I know I went to my cable provider. I paid like 10 extra bucks a month to get Destination America. I think it, w- it goes up to 15 or 20 after a year. So, I mean, it's not a huge upgrade, but some people like me were already paying over $150, $200 in cable in a month. So it's kind of hard to shell out even more to get a specialty channel. But, I mean, I do get to see some other channels that I didn't get before. I get El Rey to watch Lucha Underground, although it's in SD. I'm still happy that I get more wrestling for that investment uh, to watch Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I also wanted to mention that 
due to the Hernandez situation, we're not going to see any uh, further segments with the BDC. Uh, I heard apparently, I don't believe this is a spoiler, that uh, Kenny King and maybe another member of the BDC, maybe Hernandez himself, they were going to have a tag team feud with the Wolves. I'm not that disappointed. Uh, Not something I'm really looking at. I like Kenny King. I really liked Kenny King back when they had Lashley, MVP, and Kenny King. That group, I like Kenny King as a hothead. I mean, I really enjoyed that. But now he's just been kind of a, a background figure in the BDC. But the Wolves, they're great technical wrestlers. No denying their wrestling abilities. But... Whenever I see the Wolves in the ring giving a promo, they just remind me of an uncharismatic version of the Motor City Machine Guns. I mean, Motor City Machine Guns, they could go in the ring. They're also very entertaining outside of the ring. But the Wolves, I can't get too excited about them. Uh, This week on Impact Wrestling, we also saw Eric Young in the ring with Kurt Angle. Uh, on Kurt Angle's send-off, sort of antagonizing Kurt Angle at the end. He was going to pile-drive Kurt Angle on his bad neck. Then I believe uh, uh, Chris Melendez came out and saved him. I think Chris Melendez got pile-drived on the outside instead. So, I don't know. I mean, Chris Melendez is an attraction. Not too many guys can wrestle with prosthetic leg. I I know we had Zach Gowan years ago. Uh, but Zach Gowan was more of a high flyer. He almost always lost his leg in a match, and then he's just hobbling around. Really don't care for that. But Chris Melendez can actually do power moves, so that's one plus to Chris Melendez. Uh, we also didn't see Bobby Roode on this week's edition of Impact, and uh, Bobby Roode apparently is going to be on the debut episode of Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling. It sounds like there is... A partnership between Global Force Wrestling and Impact Wrestling. Now, I went to, I think it was like the second ever Global Force Wrestling actual live show here in Knoxville. I think it was about a month ago. And it was run almost exactly like a TNA house show. I mean, they had the the same setup with the booths and merchandise stand. They had Jimmy J working some of the booths there. So that's kind of funny. And I looked at the program. The program's the exact same style as an Impact Wrestling uh, program. And they had the same layout of the show. They had like three undercard matches, a break. Then they had the, the two main event matches. So it was eerily familiar to an Impact Wrestling show. So I I don't know. I think I even saw Atlas Security at the Global Force Wrestling show. So that kind of tells you like, oh yeah, maybe this is all I don't know if Global Force Wrestling they're setting that up to be like a developmental system for Impact Wrestling or if Jarrett's really out on his own. I don't know. But uh I think it would be good if TNA did have a development s- system. I know uh, the competition, they have their own developmental promotion, so this might be TNA's response to that. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the partnership between Global Force and Impact Wrestling. Uh, in Global Force, you can see a lot of different stars that you wouldn't or- ordinarily see in Impact Wrestling. And I heard it one of the recent shows, uh, if you weren't aware, Jeff Jarrett came back to Impact Wrestling. He won the newly renamed 
King of the Mountain title at Slammiversary. They had the traditional Slammiversary match with the King of the Mountain match, but this time, instead of having to put a world championship on the hook, this year they had the King of the Mountain championship, which is basically the old, what started out as, one one reason I've never liked this belt is because it started out as basically Booker T's vanity belt. Uh, I remember it was in Las Vegas, I think 2008, and Booker T was in the main event mafia, and he just came out and was like, oh, here's my new belt. It's kind of like Million Dollar Man with the Million Dollar Belt. I was like, oh, here's my new belt. I'm the Legends Champion. It's like, what in the world is Legends Champion? So it's kind of like a mid-card belt, and uh, I know AJ Styles had it for a while, and Kevin Nash had it for a while. When AJ had it, he believe he renamed it the television championship and there for a while they were defending the television championship on a weekly basis on impact wrestling i believe that's when devon had it and even before that they renamed it the global championship which eric young held and he only i think he had some weird stipulation like he would only defended against people who weren't from the United States or he wouldn't defend it in the United States with the, which is a really weird stipulation but yeah that title has been through so many different changes so it's now it's the king of the mountain championship so Eric Young went to uh, a global force wrestling match to reclaim the king of the mountain championship and bring it back to TNA impact wrestling. So they haven't acknowledged that on impact wrestling yet. So I don't know if that's going to be a feud or storyline exclusive to global force wrestling. So yeah, that's about all I have to talk about for now. Like I said, I probably won't do these every week, but Whenever I have something on my mind that I want to talk about, I'm, I'm just going to fire up the microphone, fire up Audacity here, my podcast or my voice recording tool, and just talk for a little while, unedited, just one shot. Yeah, so until next time, thank you everyone for listening.